You're listening to the BBM Global Network with 25 years in broadcast audio and video production. Our passionate team creates content and marketing for the world of Internet talk radio. If you've got a passion, come join us at BBMGlobalNetwork.com. The BBM Global Network. Your voice is now heard. Welcome to Voices of Women with your host, Chris Stainis. Chris will inspire women and enlighten men to follow their dreams in order to create positive changes in their everyday lives. Chris can guide you with tools that will empower you and create the changes you desire. So welcome the host of Voices of Women, Chris Stainis. Well, welcome to Voices of Women. I'm Chris Stanis, and we're coming to you live from the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. I'm the founder of Women of Wisdom Foundation and the WOW Conference, which has been changing women's lives for the past 26 years. And we're in our planning stages for our 27th conference coming up next February 16th through the 18th. And so we hope you'll join us, mark your calendars to be in Seattle then. It is a life-changing event. We give voice to the feminine wisdom within all and transform our personal and collective consciousness. You know, when women gather to share their stories, we witness each other and validate our stories, uh, who we are, and empower all of us to go on with what is our calling, what's our purpose here, and um, and create leaders of our lives. Um, we do lots of monthly circles in Seattle area. We have a book club, a drumming circle, elder circle, healing circle. Just check it out on womanofwisdom.org. And also check out the book that I compiled and wrote along with many, many of the amazing speakers we've had at our conference. It's called Woman of Wisdom, Empowering the Dreams and Spirit of Women. It's available on softcover and Kindle, with, which means it has colored art in a Kindle version. It's got lots of art and poetry and stories in the book. Okay, well, today we're going to talk with Dina Miriam about her new book, My Journey Through Time, A Spiritual Memoir of Life, Death, and Rebirth. Dina began working in the interfaith movement in the late 1990s when she served as vice chair of the Millennium World Peace Summit of Religious and Spiritual Leaders held at the United Nations in New York. She has a master's degree in sacred literature from Columbia University, specializing in the Vedas and the Bhagavad Gita. Um, Dina is the founder of a woman-led interfaith organization, the Global Peace Initiative of Women, GPIW, whose mission is to enable women to facilitate healing and reconciliation in areas of conflict and post-conflict and to bring spiritual resources to help address critical global problems. For over 35 years, Dina has been a student of Paramahansa Yogananda and a practitioner of Kira Kriya Yoga Meditation. She's also a longtime student of the great texts of the Vedic tradition. In 2014, Dina was honored as a recipient of the Nuwano Peace Prize by the Nuwano Peace Foundation in Japan for her years of commitment to interfaith dialogue. 
So her new book, My Journey Through Time, is a spiritual memoir that sheds light on the workings of karma, the law of cause and effect that creates one's present circumstances and relationships. And this remarkable book helps us see and understand the patterns of the past to better address challenges of the present and create a better future for ourselves and the world. So welcome, Dina. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes, well, thank you for all the work that you've been doing for women around the world. It's a pleasure to meet you and and read about all this um, amazing work you've done and and also this um, um, uh, amazing new book that you wrote, which was just fascinating to read. So tell us your story. How did you begin to recall past lives? How did they come to you? Well, they came to me, um, I mean, I had glimpses uh, really since childhood, and then they increased as I got older. And once I had the language to understand it, once I started meditating, um, I, I was able to put put it into context. But it wasn't until I'd been meditating for many years. Uh, and um, uh, it was, I guess, in my early 40s that I started ha- recalling whole narratives. So it wasn't just a glimpse of feeling that I had lived in a certain place. I really began memory, remembering specific events and dialogues, um, and then they'd go back further and further in time until I could put together a whole uh, picture and see the sequencing of lives and the impact that one has on the other. My interest really was understanding how this law of cause and effect works, and it was fascinating for me because I got to see that, that things that I've been passionate about in this life um, began centuries ago. And so I've been working on, for example, the women's issue has been an issue for me for many, many lifetimes. And in, and in this present life, I've been able to kind of bring it to fruition and really uh, um, help help foster the leadership, spiritual leadership of women, which is something that's, that's been a theme for me for, for, for a long time. Mm-hmm. So... Um... So there's this aspect, and people probably wonder, you know, how, uh, you know, are, are these memories real? How did you know they were real? How did you know that the past life experience that you speak of uh, were real for you? Well, the first, when it really began to happen and I began to see scenes, um, I actually was something of a detective and would check out the, the things that I had seen. I actually took trips to places I had seen to see if they matched what what, what my vision was, and 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 after a certain point, I began to trust it because I saw, yes, this is exactly what I had seen in my in my memories that I remembered. Um, you know, I took a trip to several places to confirm that. Okay, do we continue? Yes, yeah, let's continue. I'm not sure that the interruption is okay. okay. So so. Um, so I did check check things out, but for me, the most important thing was the changes that these memories brought about in me, the, the, the impact that they had on my understanding. So I wasn't at a certain point even concerned about the details. It was what I was, um, how, how, how it was impacting me and changing me and helping me understand qualities about myself and, and helping me understand my life's work. What what I was called to do in this life. So I would say that, that the, the most important thing for me was how it helped me, help me understand my current life and what my calling was. Mm-hmm. And we're going to go into more of that, um, I know, further in this conversation. Well, um, some of the fascinating thing about your book is the journey. You take us through several different lifetimes that you recalled. What was the first life you remembered? 
it went, you know, they were sequenced back in time. So the first life was the previous one, just previous to this. Um, I had had a, a, um, my guru passed away just after I was born, so I never met him in this life, and that was that was a real sorrow for me. You know, when I found him at the age of 20, read his book, and it was, oh wow, I want to go meet him, but he was no longer in the body. That was that's something that I carried for a long time, and then when I started remembering my previous birth. I remembered that I had met him, uh, and so that that um, was a very very important moment <laughs> to recognize that this connection that I felt for him uh, had I could understand it better because people would say, well, why you know find a guru that's living? Why are you so attached to him? And I couldn't explain it, but I was. I, I had a very deep bond with him, but I couldn't explain it because I hadn't met him in this life. And when I saw that I had met him in my previous birth, and he had helped me tremendously at that time, uh, I met him during a very difficult time during during uh, Nazi Nazi Germany um, when I was seeking to get out of uh, um, out of Europe. Um, I, I understood things much better. So I, I remembered first my previous birth, and then a few years later I saw the birth just previous to that. And then a few years later, I saw the birth previous to that. And so it went on, going back in time. Each time I thought, well, that's, that, that's the end. I mean, you know, oh God, I've seen all this. What, what, what else am I going to see? And I thought, well, these memories have, you know, I've seen every, remembered everything that I can. And then a few years later, I'd meet somebody, and it would spark a new memory. But it was interesting to me that it was sequenced in time. Yes, and and yeah, it, you take you take that journey when you read the book and how one leads to another. And so um, we're gonna um, take a break soon. This is Christina, your host at Voices of Women on Bold Brave Media and TuneIn Radio. We're gonna come back. We'll discuss how patterns are recognized through these past lives with Dina Miriam and her book, My Journey Through Time. The earliest human societies worshipped a female goddess. Little is known about this time because we did not always have a written recorded history. It was around 3100 BC when the Sumerians invented the first written language and everything that preceded this time is prehistory. The prehistorical record includes all of women's unwritten history from 30,000 BC to the time that men began achieving political power around 3000 BC. Male feminist artist Kimberly Berg maintains a strong position in educating and inspiring both men and women through his devotional art to the goddess in all women. Studying their history is paramount to understanding who women were and who they would become later living in a patriarchal society. To learn more about this important time in our history, go to www.isisrising.net. Do you ever wonder why certain things are happening in your life? How to start a business or a new direction? Need answers? Astrologer Bonnie Perbula can help you reveal your true self and gain strength and focus so you can achieve greater joy and success. Working with a natal birth date, time, and location, Bonnie brings out qualities to aid you in getting the best from your life. She can help you unlock dormant traits to bring you greater awareness. Bonnie also conducts public speaking engagements to educate aspiring astrologers on their journey to the stars. 
A gifted artist, Bonnie bridges her talents and recently launched a line of Astro Bears, uniquely created in colors of individuals' astrology charts. She also makes one-of-a-kind necklaces of crystal beads and woven thread. To learn more about the world of Bonnie Prabula, go to BonnieGPrabula.com. And for astrology consulting, visit AstrologyConsultants.com or call or email her at 808-526-1536 or BonnieGP at AOL.com. Welcome back. I'm your host, Chris Stanis. You're listening to Voices of Women, live from BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. And today I have Dina Miriam here. Um, we're discussing her book, My Journey Through Time. It's a spiritual memoir of life, death, and rebirth. So, Dina, um, these lives, um, uh, from what I remember in reading the book, they came to you. Memories were sparked. When sometimes when you met somebody in, in this life, um, Tell us about that. Did you recognize them as someone from your past or it just sort of sparked a memory? And then you, um, if I remember, you know, I read your book right when I got it. And so it's been a little while because I couldn't put it down. So, for example, um, I, I, the, the first time uh, the memory of my previous birth came back to me, uh, it was a colleague at work, somebody who had just joined um, as an advisor to the place I was working. And he and I were working closely. And Immediately uh, after we met, he began talking to me in Russian and calling me by a Russian uh, Russian name, and it, it would it would um, make me feel it was comforting in a way. I, I don't know Russian. I mean, I, I never studied Russian in this life, but and so it was confusing to me. And then I began to have these. Uh, I had at that time been dreaming, having dreams over a period of about ten years of a particular house. I would. I would every few months dream of this house and it would always leave me with a, a sense of longing and I could never understand it. You know, I knew the house must have been somewhere in my past, but I didn't know what it was. And then as these dreams were continuing, this man came into my life and began speaking to me in Russian. And then I started having these visions and memories. And then I, I started recollecting. And at first I was very surprised. Russia? Well, I mean, that's the last place I would have thought. My interest was India, really. And I would have thought, surely, you know, with my guru coming from India, I, I would have been born in India my last birth. But then I remembered as a child my love for Russian ballet, my love for Russian literature, uh, my interest even in, in, in about the revolution. Um, I was deeply absorbed in history as a, in my teen years in Russian. But I'd forgotten all that. It wasn't part of my present life. So I think you can see this very often with young people, what their interests are, certainly in the last, you know, the first 10 years of their life, are indicators and clues of the past. And then we move on with our present life and we forget about them. But but something can spark and you can go back and you can say, yes, early in my life I was absorbed in that culture or in that interest. And so this happened to me on a number of, of occasions where I would meet somebody and I might not recognize them, but there'd be an immediate attraction as a friendship that would, would be there right away. We'd feel comfortable with each other. And then often these memories came to me in meditation, and then I'd start feeling myself sucked back like through a time tunnel and finding myself in a movie. And I clearly knew which character I was. <laughs> you know, it was a, it was a movie uh, about me. And um, I, the scenes would just come to me, and I just kind of let the real, I just let it roll. <laughs> Um, and, and finally, at some point, I just decided, you know, I need to write this all down to see what patterns emerge uh, and to see what I can learn from all this. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so these patterns, um, 
And you did allude to it, like one life led to another. And you interesting, you went backwards. Like you didn't go from yeah. 200 BC. You went to the previous one and then the one before, before that. Right. <laughs> um, so that pattern of these lives leading one into another, that, consi- that you know, what was the, um, it's sort of what well, your mean, life, things, lies were woven. One of the patterns that emerged and I, I, this is very much a part of my current life, is the struggle to find my voice as a woman. Uh, when I started working in the interfaith world, there were no women. <laughs> and if there were, there were token women who were not really given a voice. They were, you know, on the sides or in the back. Uh, and there was, and, and nobody even recognized this. You know, I'd, I'd, there'd be a panel and there'd be all men on the panel. And this was, say, 20 years ago, and it continued, you know, up until maybe it started to shift around 10 years ago. And, and you know, I was kind of thrust into this interfaith work before I, I developed this separate organization for women spiritual leaders. And, I, and I, it was a great, great struggle to be able to get a voice of a woman in there. And to even get people to acknowledge, you know, hey, women have to be there. I, I remember initially somebody saying to me, but why? You know, one of the men religious leaders, but why? And so, so as I looked back in time, I saw that this had been a, a, a theme that had, I had repeated again and again. In finding my own voice as a woman and then looking for models of women leadership. Um, and and so, because, you know, often I said to myself, well, why am I even bothering? You know, why am I bothering trying to get the voice of women into this spiritual uh, work? Um, and then I looked back in time and I said, oh, yeah, you know, I've got to do this. I've got to do this. This, this is like candid to me to do <laughs> because it's something that I've struggled with for many lifetimes. Mm-hmm. And so, um yeah, that's interesting. It's uh, and it, it kind of feels like like this is the lifetime to do it. Like the other lives yeah. may have been prep, prepping you for this, and now I mean yeah. I think you're all sensing this. Like now's the now's the time, now or never. Yeah, no, I think I I, I had my preparation in the past, but the circumstances weren't right. The conditions weren't right for women really to gain the, 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 an equal role in society in terms of thought leadership and spiritual leadership at all levels. I mean, we see that even today. You know, you think you take a step, a step forward and then, then society takes a step back. You know, another step forward and another step back. Um, and so we, but this is the breakthrough moment that we have to push through mm-hmm. and can't give up. And, and that's one of the things that's really kept me going in my work is we have to break, we have to break through now. We, we can't let another two decades pass without women get, uh, achieve, because it's for the sake of the world. It's not just to give women their due place. It's because the world desperately needs the voice of women and the, the vision and insight and the contributions that women can make now. Right. And we both work in these organizations like you, I founded one, you founded one. It's like bringing women together to talk um, because it wasn't, like you said, in the interfaith where you have, you know, the men were at the table. We created our own table, which has strengthened women to be speakers. And then um, what I've seen is that's empowered women to be out there 
uh, um, you know, claiming our place at the table when in the interfaith, in the the intergender uh, um, movements where we can be. And so a lot of that's been, you know, building our voices. And that's where supporting each other, women together, can do that. Well, this is Christina. You're listening to Voices of Women. Um, live from BBM Global Network, and we will come back and talk more with Dina and Miriam. We'll probably talk about the how these experiences relate to the law of cause and effect. Essential Nutrients, LLC, is the brainchild of entrepreneur Barbara Burns. Inspired by a desire to help others, Barbara worked with a team of scientists to develop unique nutritional liquid supplements with the goal to improve the quality of your life. Glucosamine, zinc, and calcium are essential to well-being, and this is the focus of Essential Nutrients, LLC. Whether you're a professional athlete, weekend warrior, student, business owner, or homemaker, Essential Nutrients offers products for everyone, including the family pet. And they're easy to take, no pills. Health requires commitment, exercise, a good diet, proper supplementation, and action. So take action today and get your supply of Essential Liquid Nutrients by visiting www.essential-liquids.com. Don't put off your health any longer. Take Essential products today and start to measure the difference. Unleash the obstacles that bind you with certified professional coach Joanne Charette, a master practitioner in energy leadership. Joanne can help you break through personal and professional barriers and guide you to a higher level of empowerment and fulfillment. Passionate and dedicated, Joanne engages with her clients on a mutual journey. Her dynamic energy will motivate you to move forward as you partner on a venture to greater results. Isn't it time to make a breakthrough and commit to live the life you deserve? Invest in yourself and let Joanne Charette be the catalyst to the realization of your dreams by making them a reality. Based in Quebec, Canada, Joanne is also a space coach using social media and Skype to work with anyone anywhere around the world. Contact Joanne Charette today at 819-360-3266 or email her at actionrealization at live.ca. 819-360-3266. Now is your time. Welcome back. I'm Chris Stanis, your host of Voices of Women, and we're coming to you live from BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. Today I have Dina Merriam with me, and we're talking about her new book, My Journey Through Time, A Spiritual Memoir of Life, Death, and Rebirth. So, Dina, um, we've been we've been sharing, you've shared a, a, a couple of stories of your um, these life memories. Do you have a favorite one? Ah. Uh. You know the the um, all of them are are, are um, very personal and touching to me because I see that in each and I see it really as one life with different chapters. Um, in each chapter, um, there, there are struggles, but there's always somebody to help me through and to guide the way. I, there are many wonderful teachers that I've had in the past. And, and in, in reviving these memories, I've also recalled the presence of these teachers. So, you know, in Japan, there was a, a great Buddhist teacher who, um, who was a tremendous, who saved my life, really. In India, there was also a great teacher who saved my life. In, in Africa, there was a great sh- woman shaman who was, gave me the first experience of a woman spiritual teacher. So the, the things that I've taken from this are the helpers who've been there to guide you from one place to the next. 
and the realization that those relationships don't end you know when you end, end that life when you kind of leave that body and move on to the next those relationships continue and so there's a, there was a tremendous teaching to me about the power of love um, to 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 continue to guide and to be present, if only we could tune into it. Or even if you can't tune into any of the specifics. I, mean, I feel that my story is everybody's story. We've all had such a diversity of experiences. We've all met incredible people, have been poor, have been wealthy, have been this, have been that. Um, and and um, it, all of those things created who we are today. Uh, so you know, when there's so many teachings from all this, if we if we recognize that all of our past experiences have led to this very moment, created our conditions in this life, and created who we are today, then we are in the process of creating who we're going to be tomorrow. We're creating our future, and so it made me much more mindful of of taking responsibility for that. You know, being being conscious of the fact that what I do and think matters because it's going to create the conditions for the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so true. So one of your experiences taught you about the law of cause and effect or the karma, you know, from all these different lives. Well, I've, I've seen how complex karma is. It sometimes it works in with, you know, cause and effect. You can see it within one life, most time not. Sometimes it works in, in, in a sequence, one life to the next. Like I saw that in... in, in um, Two lives ago, uh, uh, I had wanted to start a girls' school, and uh, I, a man that I had, had met provided the funds to enable me to start a place where women could really be educated. Um, and I was very grateful for that gift from him. But in my next birth, I was in a situation where I was able to help him. You know, and it's interesting. Of course, I couldn't see. You know, in that in that life, I couldn't see that I was only repaying a debt. I just saw, wow, you know, this man needs this, and I can help him. Um, and so, but it was a, a complete. I was able to see the law of cause and effect. He was able to help me fulfill my mission, my my vision, and then in the next birth, I was able to help him achieve his his mission. Um, you know, I, so I've seen a, a series of things like that where where. Um, and also I've seen the people that I met maybe, you know, several lifetimes ago suddenly show up in my life here with some, with some unfinished business. And often um, once, once whatever we needed to do got done, they would just, they, that would be the end of it. They would move on. Um, like this man who came into, into my work environment, awakened the memories of Russia, and as soon as all those memories were awakened, he took another job and left. And I just assumed, well, that karma was done. You know, he came in, when you're in the middle of it, you think, aha, uh-huh, well, what's this going to be? Is it going to be a romantic relationship? What is, what, is the, what is this relationship going to be to me now? But, you, you know, life kind of takes you along, and sometimes just a little bit of karma is needed to complete things. Um, and so I, I've, I've, I've understood that the law of cause and effect can only be really seen when you step back and you can see the patterns, how one life flows into the next, and then flows into the next. And it all makes sense. There's nothing arbitrary about it. It all makes sense. And it's all by our own choosing. We are the creators of our life. Yeah, I like that you saying um, stepping back, you know, because it is it is that to be able to see the whole picture, you know, while you're in it, things are just happening and you don't always know why to be able to 
you know, have that broader lens to, to really see, which you have that gift of having to see, having the um, memories of all these lifetimes, which a lot of people don't have. Um, and I, and I imagine there's a, um, for some people desire for that. And actually when we come back, I, I want to get into that, but um, how these memory memories impacted your current life in a, in a real direct well, way. In, in a direct way, um, they they help they certainly help me think beyond one life, and they change my relationship with death. I remember my past death, and uh, in remembering that, I, it, the fear of it kind of dissipated. You know, everybody has a fear of the unknown, and we don't know exactly what's going to happen. What are we going to experience? Uh, but when you remember that you've died many times and that um, you've been born many times, it takes away the fear. So it changed my relationship with death. It also changed my identity. I thought to myself, well, who am I? Am I, am I being in this life, or am I that one in that life, or that one in that life? And I realized that I'm a, a composite of, of them all, and I'm also becoming. You know, next time I'll be another personality. But, but, but inside, there's something that's, um, that you take with you. So I began to think, what is it that you take with you and what is it that you shed? What is it that's more extraneous and what is the more permanent part of yourself? Uh, and, and, and it helped me reflect on what is it about my current life that I'm going to take? What are my memories going to be of this life? What are the highlights going to be? Because that's what you remember, the highlights. You don't remember every single detail. You remember key people, key incidents in your life. So I started looking at my whole life as if I was looking back on it from, from a future life. Thinking, okay, you know, did I? What did I achieve? What are the highlights for me? Who are the people who who are who are coming with me? You know, people who deep bonds were formed. Who will who will meet again? Um, so it changed my whole perspective. Oh, that's yeah, that's fascinating to think of. Um, yeah, where does this where does this life go to from here? And taking a look at who's in your mm-hmm. life now and what's where are you where are you being led? Well, that's, that, I love that. Well, this is Chris Danish, your host at Voices of Women on Bold Brave Media and TuneIn Radio. We're going to come back and we'll talk more about death and the future and um, just uh, more stories. Animal lover, author, artist, and public speaker, Patricia Daly Life is a Renaissance woman in her own right. A lover of animals from a young age, Patricia lives on a farm in Virginia and has rescued neglected thoroughbred horses, keeping them or finding them safe havens. She is also a published author, and her books document real-life experiences that she shares in her passionate stories, taking the reader around the world in a colorful kaleidoscope of life. An accomplished artist, Patricia Daly Life's oil paintings feature animals, portraits, stills, nature, and abstract, and she allows the brush to paint the image in an organic, natural way. A public speaker, Patricia is motivated to continually wonder about life and advocates for all of us to do the same and document our own unique history. To learn more about Patricia Daly Life, visit www.literarylady.com and www.patricialife.com or email her at pdlife at gmail.com. Hello, I'm Steve Fagan, and I'm president and CEO of Fagan Associates, but I'm also a life coach. I'm here to help you reach your dreams, goals, and objectives. As a life coach, it's my job to be your support, to be your teammate 
to help you understand what is your dream, what is your life passion, and then together we work as that team to help you reach your specific goals. Life is worth living the best you can be. Working with a life coach, you're fulfilling those dreams and goals is your passion, and it's your way of living. Let me help you do that today. Let me help you really reach the best that you can be as a person and live the life you should be living. I'm Steve Fagan. I'm a life coach, and I'm here for you. Contact Steve Fagan at FaganAndAssociatesInc.com or call 1-800-239-2701. And I'll be glad to help you move forward to live the life of success. Reach your dreams, your goals, your objectives. We can do it together. Welcome back. I'm Chris Danis, and you're listening to Voices of Women on Bold Brave Media and TuneIn Radio. And today we have Dina Merriam talking about her journey through time, um, sharing a lot of stories about life, death, and rebirth. So you um, you mentioned about how your attitude towards death had changed with, um, you know, having these past life memories, you had also the memory of, of dying, I assume. So I'd like to, for you to share a little bit more about that. So I, re- I remember my last death. I remember um, it was not long after I had met. I met, mentioned that I had met my teacher um, at, at that time, and then I died a few years. I had longed to follow him to America. I was trapped in uh, in, in war-torn Europe during the Nazi during the um, Second World War. And longed to follow him. And then on my death, I saw him. And he said, I'm, I was trying to get out of, out of Germany to get to America, and I couldn't. He said, I've come to take you to America. And, and that was my death. And I followed him into the uh, spirit world, you might say. Um, and I remember that that time there, uh, you know, there's a, there's a big variation in how much time one might spend between births. Some people, it could be a few years, and some people, it could be decades, depending on what your needs are. Um, mine was not a long period of time because I was eager to be to come back and study under my teacher, although he died soon after I was born. Um, but I remembered that that time in that in that place, which was felt felt more of a home than than this. You might look at it as that is our home, and this is the this is the death to that world. This is the coming out where we have to come out and have our experiences. Um, that had been um, initiated in the past. So as long as you have desires uh, and dreams to fulfill, then you, you have to come follow, pursue those. Um, but my, my memory is that in that time, it was a processing of that lifetime, processing of the relationships, a processing of what one achieved, um, what was left undone, and the creation of the next, laying the blueprint. So we are the creators of our life. Nobody determines it for us. People sometimes look at the concept of karma as a punishment, but it's not a punishment. It's situations that we choose for ourselves to learn so that we can, uh, you know, uh, um, learn from mistakes that we've made and, and learn from desires that we've had to know that those desires are not maybe uh, the ones that are going to bring us happiness. But if you have a desire, if you have desire for a lot of wealth, well, you're going to have to come back and fulfill it. And it's all for the purpose of realizing that, well, that alone doesn't bring happiness. So so I would say that this in-between, this state of being in that spirit world is a putting to rest what one did in one life and the creation of, the, of these conditions for the next birth. And so that, um, because a lot of people have a fear of death, and so that 
that was how you were able to overcome death and seeing seeing that's another lifetime. You know, the in-between times are another lifetime, seems like, from what you described. Yes, and also there are, there are beings there that one has a relationship with. Um, it's not like you arrive there and, and you're alone. There are beings there that one, uh, there are some beings who do reincarnate like you do. You may meet up there. And there are some beings who don't come back who are there as, as more um, guides and helpers from that plane. Um, you know, you might call them, some people would call them angels, um, so there are there are beings up there, and to me, as I said in my in my in looking at the memories of my different births, the outstanding thing were these teachers who who had come um, with such expressions of love to help me through a particular period, and in the same way in the spirit world, there are teachers there to help you with the processing that needs to take place. Um, so that you can put the memories to rest, so that you can begin afresh. And I and I really do understand why we suppress our memories, because it would it's confusing. You know, I went through a period where it was the first time when it was very confusing for me. I found my, I was living in two time frames. I was living in 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 in, um, in the World War Two Europe, and I was living in in here in America, trying to conduct my life as a single mom raising two kids. And holding a job, so so it, it there there were many t- times when it was difficult. You know, I'd be hearing conversations, you know, with from remembering from my past and and trying to be focused on the future, on the present. Sorry, and uh, and I said to myself, you know, I'm I'm a very grounded person. I'm a very practical person. I'm not off, you know, in some dreamland. And so I would constantly kind of reaffirmed to myself that I wasn't imagining things. Um, but I can understand why it is set up so that we don't live with all of our memories, that we put them in a, in a cupboard, so to speak, and they come out only when they're really needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so true. So um, I, I want to touch in on, you, you also mentioned like how the past um, – uh, moves you into the future. So I'm wondering in this lifetime, what your experience have taught you about what you see your future coming to you as? Well, I've, I've had a very active life, um, um, organizing many conferences around the world, peace conferences, environmental conferences, conferences with young people, like I'm sure you do, working with your women of wisdom. And so I haven't had as much time for solitude and meditation as I would have liked. And uh, I often think about that, that, that this life is a, is a life to fulfill many of my previous aspirations, raising the voice of women uh, and interfaith unity, which is something that was another theme that came up again and again. But I see my future uh, having committed myself to so much outer activity in this life. I see a future life when I have much more time to go deeper into my meditation and spiritual quest. Mm-hmm. That's interesting that you you recognize that, and um, and also the, even the fact that you recognize that, I would think that you would um, perhaps build in some meditation time, even now, even as the well, I'm kind of seeing it like I'm. At my age, I'm wanting to do things with ease and allow that kind of that time for, um, I don't know, I guess me time of, of I know I'm going to be doing some new things, but I want to do it with ease. I don't want to be that constant go, go, go 
and always doing. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm also reaching that stage where it's time to slow down a little bit and have more reflective time, more meditation time. But I know that, that, that um, I won't be able, because I've got children and grandchildren, I won't be able to do to do to do it to the extent that I would have liked, you know, to go off for three months and be incommunicado. Oh yeah, wouldn't that wouldn't that be nice? So, wouldn't that be um, nice? <laughs> Next life. <laughs> yeah, or who who knows? I mean, I suppose you can't predict what the next life will be. Oh, because there's karma that you might not see from the past that hasn't yeah. yet borne fruit. Yeah, a lot that's of true. factors. It's, it's a very complex process. Right. Well, this is Chris Danish, your host of Voices of Women on Bold Brave Media and TuneIn Radio. We're going to come back. Dina's going to share how you can begin a process of reclaiming your past for healing now and into your future. Abuse happens every moment of every day. According to national statistics in the United States, every two minutes, someone is sexually assaulted. And every 10 minutes, a report of child abuse is made. Those currently struggling with abuse, or if you know someone who has been the victim of abuse, you are not alone. Whether physical, mental, emotional, or sexual, know there is hope, there is help, there is healing. Author Tammy Hall has written a book from her own account of abuse called Journey of Courage that can guide you through your own personal journey of healing. Stop struggling through life. It's your story. It's your healing. And it can begin with the first turn of the page. Visit www.journeyofcourage.com to begin your path to becoming the person you were ultimately created to be. Healed. Hopeful. Happy. Horses. Mystical. Present. Past. And future. All in one. Wild. Free. Domestic. And healing. For everyone. Betty Hames knows this and has put her horses to good use with Nature Connect Equine Coaching. Her mission is to help people affected by the loss of hope and trust in their lives and to rediscover the wonders of nature through nature-connected learning so they can rebuild their lives and live peacefully with newfound hope, trust, and joy. Betty Hames is also a certified elite life coach, a Washington State certified counselor, and chemical dependency professional. She is passionate about partnering nature with healing, and through horses, she sees amazing results and transformation in lives that might have otherwise been lost. Call 509-830-9225 and visit her at HamesLifeCoaching.com. Hold your horses. You're in for the ride of your life. Welcome back. I'm Chris Danis, your host at Voices of Women on Bold Brave Media and TuneIn Radio. And we have today Dina Miriam. And we've been talking about her journey through time, her past lives, how it's impacted her today and her future. Um, I really encourage everybody to get this book and read it. It's a fascinating journey. So, Dina, I would love for you to share with people how um, how do you teach them to access these memories for themselves? Is there something that we can do to kind of tune in to um, what what might be driving us in this life from past, you know, the whole karma thing and from past lives, what we're, what we can learn from them? Well, I think, I think everybody, um, uh, most people have clues uh, from their early life, certainly if you look back um, and if you reflect on, on what drives you, what your interests are, what your aspirations are, I think, and people that you're very drawn to, 
um, deep relationships, either positive or negative ones, clearly have a, an earlier history. So I think that there are many clues in one's life. People often ask me about past life regression, um, and, I, and, I, and I have a hard time giving a, a, a yes or no answer to that because I think it depends on what your intention is and who you experience it with. It's, it's very important if, 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 um, if there's something that you, that's bothering you that you need to know, if you have a phobia and that you know it's something you carried over from the past, past life regression can be helpful. I know people who have been helped. But, you know, it, it, there's always a question when there's hypnosis involved. And it's very important to be with a reputable, trustworthy person because you're, you know, put, you're putting your mind in, in someone's hands, really. They're taking you through a process of hypnosis. But, but that has helped people that I know. On the other hand, often it's not been very helpful because, okay, so what? You find out you lived here and there. Yes, I was living in some place in my last birth. But is, is that really rele- relevant information for you to have? I think um, if, if it's just a matter of curiosity, I don't advise it because I think, you know, you, ha- you have the tools you need to deal with this life. And, and um, there's a reason why things are, are kept away in our memory. If it's not necessary for you to know it, if it's not going to be particularly helpful, then why go prying? But if you feel that there is a need to know something, then um, I think that it can be it can be useful. Uh, but I think more important than that is is to have a reflective attitude about um, looking at yourself and what you want to achieve in this life. What what you feel your 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 work is? What's your calling? If there is a deep calling, you know it comes from from the past, either something you've begun in the past that you couldn't finish, you couldn't achieve, or an aspiration that you held that you wanted, you wanted, but it, it, the circumstances weren't right. I think more important than looking to the past is looking to the future uh, and, and trying to shape what you want for yourself. Um, what, what, um, what are your aspirations? What, what, what future do you want to create? Of course, in your present life, what future do you want to create? But then that carries over because uh, what you do in the last part of your life greatly impacts the, the, the future life. What you've done in the past really has a great impact on the, on the early part of your life. Um, and then once you, you know, the karma kind of works itself out, we're constantly creating new karma, good karma, bad karma, and that's going to impact our future. So I would say to be more mindful and, and reflective about your life, to understand uh, what your work is, and then to try to build, create the conditions that will enable you to fulfill that for the future. Oh, thanks. Yeah, that's good advice. Um uh, yeah, it's, it's 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 like what's happening now is is important. You know what, and 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 the legacy that you're building now. So um, I would love for you to share um, if you have some main teachings that you've gained from your experience of retrieving memories of the past births. Um, what would you share with people as the main teachings? The main teachings for me, um, well, have been the importance of relationships. Um, the importance of um, the 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 power of love, really, to help one love that's given and love that we give, to help people through difficult times, and the love relationships 
that continue to provide guidance and help to us now that may be from the past that we can't see. Everybody has a story. You know, when people talk about their guardian angel, they were saved from this accident, or that accident, or a healing that took place. We, we just take these in stride, but we all have helpers. We all have relationships from the past, and, and love is the most powerful force in the universe, and death can't touch it. Death cannot touch it. You know, you move from one body to the next, but the power of love is there. It doesn't die. It doesn't change, really. It's to be open to that love and to, and to, to, be, to live in more of a, a, a loving space, consciousness oneself. I mean, that's the greatest guarantee for the future in terms of, of the future you want to create for yourself is living in that, in that uh, love because that, that is the most positive force in the universe. So to me, the teachings have been um, not to fear death, to see it as another chapter in a long journey, to know that I've had a past and have a future and that this is one episode, and to recognize the importance of relationships and the power of love. Mm-hmm. And more, it seems like more of that love is needed now than ever. Of um, Absolutely. <laughs> ho- ho- holding for the vision of what we want our, our, our life on earth to be like for everybody, uh, holding that love for everybody, and, and, um, and love can transform things. I, you know, really believing in that. Um, what love can do, and, we, and you know, because we need hope. And one of the things I think we're really searching for right now is there's some hope, and this, this, um, what we're all going through right now. It's, it's very confusing time. It's very challenging to hold on to the place of love when there's so much, um, so much conflict and negativity. Um, and there's also you know, we've talked a lot about individual karma, but there's also collective karma. And I think one has to reflect on, I mean, I, I wish we, there was a greater national conversation about our collective karma. What have we created for ourselves as a collective? And how do, we, how do we kind of neutralize some of the negative energies and create a better place for ourselves as a collective? Because we are our collective. <laughs> we don't just operate our individual lives. I mean, we, we can't escape this, that we're part of a larger unit. Uh, as a national collective and then a, a, a global collective, you know, what we're doing to the earth right now. Well, we're going to all reap the karma of that. You know, I say to myself, you know, these people who are destroying the planet, they don't realize it's not just their children and grandchildren. They're coming back. They're going to face it <laughs> and they're going to have to clean it up. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. So, yeah, thank you. Yeah, there is this collective consciousness we need to be um, very aware of, of, of what we are bringing you know, for the future for that. So this is Christine, yeah. your host at Voices of Women on Bold Brave Media, Tune In Radio. We're going to come back and hear more from Dina Miriam about her journey through time. My Dreams, My Challenges, and Joys is an inspiring book by author Linda Genazzo. This real-life account of raising a child with autism from birth to adulthood takes you on a journey of compassion, love, and hope as it tells the incredible story of a devoted family and their beloved daughter. Together, they faced adversity and never stopped believing they would find the help they were seeking. A breast cancer survivor, Linda Genazzo has a giving heart. With a background in social work with the mentally ill and the homeless, Linda continues to help families in her community. And her book, My Dreams, My Challenges and Joys, brings greater awareness to autism and those families in need. 
To purchase your copy, visit www.lindajanazzo.com. It's also available on Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. Don't delay. Get your copy today. Jenny Friend is a licensed marriage and family therapist and a certified clinical sexologist, commonly known as a sex therapist, with over 30 years of experience in the field of sexuality. She's been a researcher and teacher and is further trained in human development over the lifespan. She's also a published author and a radio personality. Her specialized training in lifespan developments means she can help individuals, couples, and families through difficult developmental phases. Her primary ways of working are through the tools of cognitive, behavioral, and psychoenergetics theories and techniques. Couples, individual men and women, and families are also welcome. She can meet in her office in Costa Mesa, California, or on the internet through Skype at Jenny Friend MFT. Call 714-210-9200. You can also send an email from her website at www.centerforclarity.org. That phone number again is 714-210-9200. Welcome back. I'm Chris Danis, and you're listening to Voices of Women on Bold Brave Media and TuneIn Radio. And we've been hearing a lot from Dina Merrim about her journey through time, her spiritual memoir, Memoir of Life, Death, and Rebirth. So, Dina, please share where people can read about you and find your book, if you have a website or anything to share. Yes. Um, the book can be found on Amazon, um, and my website is it's gpiw.org. That stands for the Global Peace Initiative of Women, gpiw.org. And there's a Facebook page and I think a, a, a Twitter account. Um, uh, you can either under Dina Merriam or the Global Peace Initiative of Women, GPIW. Um, but the book, you can get it on Kindle through Amazon as well. Okay, great. So this is our last segment. Why do you think your book is timely now? You know, I think that we're uh, on the edge of uh, discovering things about death. Physics is discovering uh, multiple dimensions. Many, most physicists accept the string theory, which, which talks about multiple dimensions. So I think that there will come a time when people will have a completely different understanding of death. But I also think it's time as a human community for us to understand the law of cause and effect, not just individually, but collectively. You know, what we do has ramifications. You can't just say, oh, well, you know, that doesn't really matter. Well, it's like the law of gravity. If you throw something up, it is going to come down. It's not just going to, you know, wander off. So understanding that what we do has implications and that we have to become more conscious human beings. I think we're at an evolutionary moment where we have to begin to live more consciously, more consciously of the way we're treating the earth and, and all the life forms, um, you know, how, how we're treating each other. These things all have tremendous ramifications and will affect our future. And so it's time to really take stock of this now. Uh, and, and I think that, that the book explores a lot this law of cause and effect, karma, uh, and how it works in an individual's life. And, and then we can then apply it on a grander scale to look at collectives as a nation and as a global community. Mm-hmm. Yes, thank you for that. And, um, and you, you work in both a spiritual and business world, and how do you able to integrate that um, in your work? Or, yes, um, I support myself through my, through my work in communications and business. Um, working, helping nonprofits with their communications. 
Um, but then I also, most of my time is spent in spiritual work organizing these dialogues uh, around raising consciousness. Um, some people in the business world know about my other work, some don't. Some know about my book and some don't. A few in the, my business colleagues have read it. Um, one was deeply moved, and it's because of her that I actually decided to go public with this. A uh, business colleague, a writer, was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. She knew I was recording my memories, and she was agnostic. And she asked me to read the, the manuscript, and it helped her tremendously at the end of her life. Um, she told uh-huh. me w- what a comfort it was. And at, at that moment, I decided to go public with it. But I also realized that there are many people in the business world who are eager for this kind of information. I think we're seeing a convergence. You know, the mindfulness movement, yoga movement, they've reached all sectors of society now. So we are seeing some convergence um, and I, I think there is transformation going on in many sectors. Yes, yeah, but that's, well, that's great to hear, and that there is um, there is a shift happening. It used to be that you didn't dare talk about these things in the business world, and and um, there's still a little fear around that. But that's great that you've started to do that, and and to see the results of that. Um, you know, that people do value. I think we have to be brave and start speaking out in the places exactly. that is spiritual. <laughs> yeah, where spiritual conversations haven't taken place before. Now, you're right. Now's the time. Well, thank you so Now's much, Gina, for being on the show today. It was a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so be sure to check out her book, My Journey Through Time, A Spiritual Memoir of Life, Death, and Re- Rebirth. Um so we're at the sh- end of our show today. I would love for you to check out uh, the womanofwisdom.org website, our work there, and also my personal website, chrysalisleadership.com, um, and um, the book, Woman of Wisdom, Empowering the Dreams and Spirit of Women, is available in Kindle and Softcover, and that is at Amazon. It's also available on our website. It does support um, Woman of Wisdom. is a nonprofit organization. And when there's amazing um, talks from our presenters we've had over the years, the uh, women speakers of Jean Houston, Jean Schneider Bolin, Marion Woodman, many, many others of great voices of the of the divine feminine and the empowerment of women. So this is Chris Danish, your host at Voices of Women on Bold Brave Media Tune In Radio. And um, we'll be back next week. Thanks for being with us on the show. You've been listening to Voices of Women with your host, Chris Stanis. Come join the conversation where women can work together to bring honor and respect to the feminine voice, which is within all people, men and women, on Voices of Women with Chris Stanis. You've been listening to the BBM Global Network. The ideas, views, and opinions of this broadcast are those of the participants of the program and are not necessarily the ideas, views, and opinions of the BBM Global Network Company.